0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Friday, January 25th. Rudy Gobert going to be an all-star? We'll take a look at it now that the starters have been announced. And then we'll preview the Timberwolves matchup that we'll do both Friday and Sunday. And finally, it's a points game Friday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, All right, I'll admit that drum roll was a little less oomph than usual. We have friends in town that are in town for Sundance, and they have no idea that any backstory about how there was no production on this show. And so one day we just started doing the drum roll. So they're just sitting in the other room while I do that weird drum roll, and I got a little self conscious. I'll admit it. All right. Hey, we all have our frailties. Hope you're doing great. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky Numbers, lots of those on a Friday. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Jazz. All right, uh, I want to preview the Wolves, but I think the number one question, since I have like three emails in my box uh, asking about the All-Star Game, let um, let me kind of work with it. So here's how it works the five starters on each team have been named. Which is really stupid, by the way. Like, we're not doing Eastern Conference versus Western Conference anymore, so why do we have five Eastern Conference starters and five Western Conference starters that are not starters? I mean, it's just... Let's just have the fans and the teams vote for maybe the first five or something of the sort and then move on. It's just... This is just... This is one of those NBA things that happens all the time where it just kind of goes on. It's illogical, and then at some point, someone's going to be like, you know, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh, So that's where we are. So Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid from the East, Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Paul George from the West. Okay, honestly, it doesn't really matter because all 10 of those guys would be all-stars anyway. And then even moreover, it doesn't really matter if we then just decided to do the next thing which would be okay that's 10 players we have 12 we have 24 more players or whatever it is 12 players on each team 24 players that's 10 of them so you know we have 14 more players and just choose those regardless of conference but no we're still hung up on this absurd concept that in a game that is not divided by conference we're going to divide the players by conference it makes no sense at all. And it's really glaring when you dig into this. Here's what happens between now and I believe it's January 29th, every coach has to submit a ballot. They are voting for three front court players, two guards, and two additional players at any position in each conference. How stupid. So they and the, the coaches have some leeway on what position they can um, vote. Um, So if a position, you know, positionally. But you're supposed to vote. It's not centers anymore, so this doesn't help Rudy, but as you'll see, I'm not sure it matters. Three front court players, two guards, two additional players. So let's walk through it for a second. Um, As absurd as this is, in the Eastern Conference... I think the front-court players actually get pretty—the first two get clear. They're Blake Griffin and Nikola Vukovic. And we're just going to do this fast. Then your front-court decision is Chris Middleton, Al Horford, Pascal Siakam. If you think that Chris Middleton's front-court. Your guards are pretty simple also. Ben Simmons, Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal is your choice. So you just throw Bradley Beal into one of those secondary positions. And now you're really choosing between Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, or Pascal Siakam, or Al Horford, whoever you didn't put as a front court player. I'm not putting Jimmy Butler on the All Star team. He spent the first half of the season sabotaging his team and was only on the 76ers and hasn't been a total world beater. So I think the East is gets really pretty basic. Um, Pascal Siakam, Chris Middleton, Al Horford make that choice first, then add Kyle Lowry to the decision. And add Kyle, so I would take Pascal Siakam probably, though I think Al Horford deserves something where Boston's ranked defensively and he's just good and no one ever recognizes him a little bit the way I feel about Rudy. Now let's go to the West. This gets wildly complicated, but we're going to try to simplify it and not into a 45 minute podcast. Uh, so, Curry, Harden, LeBron, Durant, and Paul George all made the team. Perfect. No problem. The three front court players, I think, get pretty simple because you're deciding amongst four players, and you just put them all on the team. So Nikola Jokic, no question. Anthony Davis, no question. Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert. I would take Rudy Gobert over Cat. But then I'm just sliding Cat into one of those extra two positions. To me, they're all above Clint Capella, and this year I think they're ahead of Draymond Green. Now, maybe I'm biased. The guards get crazy complicated. So Dame Lillard is in. The now what do you do? Who's your next guard? Is it Clay Thompson? Is it Jamal Murray? Is it Russell Westbrook who's having one of the least efficient seasons of any player ever? Is it Luka Doncic? That's really hard. Klay Thompson, Jamal Murray, Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic, for your next guard, or Demar Derozan. But Demar Derozan is so incredibly inefficient; I can't do it. And San Antonio's bench is better than their starters, so I'm not putting him on. You, do you? I view Tobias Harris and Danilo Gallinari both as front court players. Russell Westbrook has the largest impact of any of those players on the game without question. He is the most negatively detrimental offensive player to his team of any player in the NBA in his possession usage. His assists are better this year. Deserves some credit for that. Klay Thompson is a little bit of a reputation pick at this point. Like, Klay's not Clay. I mean, he's had some outbursts, but he has not had that incredible year. He's basically an average offensive player this year. His points gained is .1. He's 46% from the field, 38% from threes. He's not going to the free throw line at all. DeMar DeRozan is, is terribly inefficient. So I actually get down to a little bit of... Jamal Murray carrying Denver through the injuries or young Luka Doncic. Jamal Murray, to me, makes a good claim until I dig in and see that he's negative 1.2 inefficient. And now at that point, I now start comparing, comparing Jamal Murray to Donovan Mitchell and I'm not sure that Donovan Mitchell's not better than Jamal Murray so far this year. Donovan's averaging four points per game more, rebounding at almost the same rate, assisting at almost the same rate, and equally inefficient. So now I take Jamal Murray down. I finish this by putting, at least in my world, I put 20 point a game, seven rebound, five assists, Luka Doncic, average offensive player on the all-star team as the second guard over Westbrook. A little bit, you know. I'm just being different, I guess, but I look at him as though he's unquestionably their best player. I don't even know who their second best player is, and he's that good. This is thus—now Now it gets interesting. To me, I think it's suspect whether Russell Westbrook's an All-Star. I think it's suspect whether Jamal Murray's an All-Star. I think it's suspect whether Donovan's an All-Star. I think it's suspect whether um, DeMar DeRozan's an All-Star. I think Tobias Harris has an interesting claim. I think Danilo Gallinari has a better claim than Tobias Harris. And there's Draymond Green. And Rudy goes into this mix. Because I think Jokic, Davis, and Towns just get penciled in there. Because they average points. And the league likes points. Even though... So I think Rudy gets one of these two next spots. And then... I guess I think... You know, I understand that I'm doing this differently than everybody else. So Russell Westbrook is going to make the all-star team. Coaches are just not going to be able to not vote for Russell Westbrook. So the way this is going to play out, even though I'm analyzing it differently, who cares what I think, is Rudy going to make the all-star team? Jokic, Davis, Towns, Lillard, Westbrook. And then I think the decision becomes DeRozan, if people just like points, Gobert, Doncic, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Rudy's got a better case than Tobias Harrison, and Danilo Gallinari. Rudy's got a better case than Clint Capella. Rudy's really got a better case than Jamal Murray. So it gets to Doncic, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert. For those final spots. I think people look at Utah back-to-back years, second round of the playoffs. In the Western Conference playoffs right now, Rudy's got to make it. I frankly think Donovan, only because some of the weakness of the other cases, and because for 10 games, which is 25% of the season, is averaging 30 points a game. If Donovan had opened the year... Averaging 30 points a game in the first 10 games of the year instead of doing it in the last 10, I think he's an all-star. But the narrative got set that he was struggling. That's no longer true. Nobody else of these all-star guys we're talking about has had a 10-game stretch to the caliber of Donovan. So there's actually Donovan's building himself quite a case right now. At 22.3 points a game. From points gain standpoint, Donovan's been terribly inefficient all year long. He's actually the same now negative-wise as Jamal Murray, DeMar DeRozan. You know, it's hard to be efficient when you, a little bit if you're not dunking every time. But Donovan is now a negative 1.4. I think DeRozan is about the same thing, and Jamal Murray is about the same thing. And Russell's worse. It's probably why Russell makes the team. Russell's a minus 3.6. Russell Westbrook should not be an all-star. Steven Adams should be an all-star before Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, uh, if you're going out of Oklahoma City. Draymond Green has not has been so bad offensively, he should not be an all-star. Rudy should make that team. Today's show is brought to you by Homie. Homie's doing some really interesting things in the real estate world. So, Homie wants you, I think, to ask why. Why is it that you're automatically, immediately giving X percentage of your house price to your agent? Why is that the metric we're using? Why is the same amount of work for a million-dollar house, a $500,000 house, a $350,000 house, a $150,000 house, getting the agent different dollar figures? Is it your fault that your house is worth more than the person down the street so you should pay more? Is it harder work for the agent to actually sell that house? Don't think so. So Homie says, list your house for $199, close at 1299 regardless of what the price of the house is. Homey customers save over $10,000 on average, and a million-dollar house recently sold 60, save $60,000 in equity. Homey is selling homes faster than the overall market, individual and individual agents. You not only save thousands, but they help you sell your home fast, putting it up on the MLS major websites, including Facebook. They use a team approach. Unlike the single traditional agent that Homie. Gives you a whole team of Utah licensed agents, attorneys to help you buy or sell your home. And when you get back, and they've got your back every step of the way. You can get an extra $100 off your listing, so it's down to $99 if you call 801-899-0072. That's 801-899-0072. 801-899-0072. That's homie. Today's show is also brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. I'm driving the new Santa Fe this year, loving it. My son's got last year's Santa Fe. It has the coolest feature. I'm, maybe these guys, you know, I'm like uh, Blake Murdoch always laughs at me, like, you're the best car guy because you don't, haven't had new cars. And so, so my son's car, the brights turn on automatically. How do they know that? How can they tell, like, I turned the corner into our neighborhood and the brights turned on last night? I was like, that is so cool. Anyway, 0% APR financing in all 2018 models right now um, going on at Murdoch Hyundai for you. Um, make sure you check it out. Blake and the crew there are doing a, a great job. I love the lineup of cars they have uh, going on. You, the 2019s are in, you can get six grand off the remaining 2018 Elantras. And the uh, so that you can take advantage of that. The America Best Warranty, a 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. They'll also give you two free ski passes when you purchase a new vehicle. Uh, and Murdoch is your home for affordable, winter-ready vehicles. Stop in. Test drive one today. If you're looking for a car right now, you don't have Hyundai on your list, do it. Put Hyundai on the list. Stop by. See what's going on. Um, if you get a sales guy by the name of Jason, tell him we say hi and tell him, congrats, his daughter's skiing great. She he, He's in the ski racing world also. All right, let's go to the Timberwolves. They're under new head coach... Ryan Saunders, cool story. First play as head coach, he called his dad's favorite play, uh, flip Saunders, which was is cool. They've played eight games now uh, with Saunders as the head coach. They're five and three. Their last three wins are two against Phoenix and two against, and one against the Lakers without LeBron last night. They're twenty four and twenty four. It's interesting. They're a little different, but not a lot. They're playing a bit faster. With Ryan Saunders. So they're up to 7th in pace of play. Their defense is about the same. They're middle of the pack. And their offense is a tad better. But they're shooting it terribly. Since he's taken over, they're last in the league in effective field goal percentage. Number one in the league in offensive rebounding. So that'll be a huge part of the game again tonight. It was a very big part of the game against Denver. They uh, have turned it over a tad more. Though their offense has gone up preaching to the choir and they go to the line a lot more defensively they've stabilized their rebounding they were 25th in the league in rebounding they're now 13th they're forcing a few less turnovers by staying in that shell they're fouling a little bit more and they're defending the shot around the same range and their defense is about the same they're um they're 27th in three-point shooting since Ryan Saunders has taken over, despite the fact that they've increased, and they've increased their three-point shots. I don't know what they're doing for point guard tonight. So, last night, Derek Rose left the game <laughs> with an ankle sprain. Jeff Teague was out with an ankle strain, and then Jeff Teague said he was not optimistic, and Tyus Jones is out. So, this team that's had a glut of point guards suddenly may not have any. It's like, <clears throat> if Rubio wasn't back, it'd be the the matchup of non-point guards. Jared Bayless is their four-string point guard has actually been okay for them. He will likely get most of those point guard minutes. Uh, but they are they are limited in in that regard. The only thing that concerns me when they are limited in point guard minutes is that I've just never thought that they use Carl Anthony Towns enough. So anytime that they don't have guys and it means that there's more Carl Anthony Towns, that w- concerns me a little bit. Um, last night they beat the Lakers 120 105. They outscored them 3623. They had a great second half. So if we um you know, if we kind of look at them and try to figure out what they're going to do based on the second half last night of of because of the injuries that's they. They were very successful last night uh, with those various matchups. Their their game flow last night. They started the second half with Jared Bayless. He played the entire third quarter, and then their I they played Jared Terrell, Luell Dang, Dario Saric, Gorgi Zhang, and Andrew Wiggins. In their opening fourth quarter, second unit, before Bayless checked back in the game for Terrell. Uh, that's, that unit was fine. The Lakers are shorthanded as well. Their point guards are injured, also. Uh, so that's kind of where they are right now. They'll likely, if, if Rose didn't play the second half, if he doesn't go tonight, they'll start Bayless, Okoji, Wiggins, Towns, and Taj Gibson. And then Gorgie Zhang just is playing very little checks in, Dario Saric checks in uh, for Taj Gibson and spreads them out, and then uh, Gorgie Zhang plays backup center to Towns. That's, I think, the rotation that we'll see out of them. Luol Deng is playing a little small forward in place of Andrew Wiggins, Uh, and that's new since Ryan Saunders took over and probably somewhat injury-related because Robert Covington is out also. So they're a little shorthanded. Be nice, really hard to beat a team twice in a row. Be nice to see the Jazz have every advantage in the world tonight with them having played last night. It would be nice to see if we can grab this one. Uh, and on Sunday as well. Uh, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns is one you have to deal with. The Jazz will often have Favors guard Towns and Gobert guard Taj Gibson. That'll work until Dario Saric comes in. We'll see if Ryan Saunders uh, changes. Ryan Saunders, by the way, the son of Flip Saunders, is super young. There's like a bunch of NBA players that are um, way older than him and playing in the league, including some on his team. Let me take a second and let you know about what Spencer Nelson is doing now with Iron Gate Global Advisors. I want to tell you about Iron Gate Global Advisors, a financial group out of Salt Lake City, small shop that understands your journey, aren't pushing products on you, and have a strategy, direction, and process. I found out about them from Spencer Nelson, former Utah State Grade, who by the way has an MBA, accounting and finance background degrees and worked Wall Street in private equity. And he tells me about the personnel. Brian is the chief investment officer.
0: Brian's a long-term investor, Warren Buffett disciple with a proven track record of active management. He views investing as not trading stocks but buying pieces of businesses that he believes in. He's focused on not getting caught up in what's hot today or tomorrow, but doing the research, looking one, three, five, even 10 years out with a very patient, methodical approach.
1: Couple that with Brett and his longtime options background, and you have a versatile group. It's Iron Gate Global Advisors find out more about Iron Gate Financial, give Spencer a call, 888-591-0334. That's 888-591-0334, or email him at spencer at igga.com. Anytime we're talking investing, understand that past performance isn't indicative of future results. Also, options may not be for everyone. They have different risks. Make sure you consult a professional before doing anything with them. Do your due diligence. Gained Friday, I was going to do this whole thing where we did like what the All-Stars would be, but it's such an only offensive stat, it seems like it's a, a little bit of a misnomer. Um, Steph Curry is still by far the number one player in the NBA uh, right now and had another great night last night. It's interesting how we've, a little bit to me, how we've kind of almost gotten used to Steph and his offensive prowess and he has these great games and we talk about everybody else and all the things they do. Steph Curry is still a dramatically better offensive player than anyone else in the NBA. And I, even James Harden, as incredible, totally incredible as James Harden is right now. Uh, and James Harden is through the roof. We'll look at the top, the last 10 games and see how he ranks against um, Steph and some others. And it's He's, you know, he's truly remarkable right now. Um, But I, I kind of feel like every time we do this, it's my kind of mission to remind everybody that Steph Curry is still by far the best offensive player in the NBA. I mean, even over the last 10 games, he's having a bigger influence on games than Harden, and Harden over the last 10 games is averaging 45 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. He's doing that in 37 scoring opportunities. In the last 10 games, Steph Curry is is shooting 50, 43, 98, averaging 32 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Blake Griffin, by the way, in the last 10 games, 31 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. There's a bunch. Anthony Davis in the last 10 games, 32 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. Like, Donovan's on this explosion. There are a few other people that are exploding as well right now in the league. It is nuts what is happening offensively. It's probably what the league wanted. So, number one is Steph. Number two is Harden now. Number three is Durant. Giannis is four. John Collins in Atlanta is the fifth best points game player in the NBA. 19. He Why is he not an all-star? 31 games is probably the reason. 19 points, 10 rebounds, two assists a game. Kawhi Leonard is the sixth most impactful offensive player, and Rudy Gobert is the seventh. In the 11 scoring opportunities Rudy Gobert uses in a night, he is plus 2.4 points gained. What does that mean? That means that in the 11 scoring opportunities that Rudy Gobert uses in a night, he scores 2.4 points more than the average NBA player. So Steph Curry in 22 averages 4.6 points gained. One, almost a full point better than James Harden at 3.7. Harden does that in 29 scoring opportunities. So there's a value that the more possessions you use, the better. The more you are above average, the better. So Rudy is way above average. One of the highest points per scoring opportunity in the NBA. But he just can't get a lot of shots off, so he doesn't elevate. If he somehow could get the 22 shot-offs that Steph Curry does, then he would be Ranked higher. so bonus is 2.3. Capella is 2.3. Montrez Harrell is 2.0. You, these rim rollers have become very, very important to the league. So Steph Curry, 4.6. Points above an average player with the same 22 possessions. Harden, 3.7. Steph's a point better a night. Durant, 3.2. Meaning that Steph and Durant combined for a plus... and when there's only 10 players in the league over two, it's really hard to catch 7.8. Montrezl Harrell I mentioned. Danilo Gallinari's 2.0. It's why I think he's an all-star over Tobias Harris. LeBron is 1.9. Thomas Bryant in Washington in 1.9. DeAndre Jordan, 1.9. Anthony Davis, 1.8. Tobias Harris, 1.8, but not, so that's pretty close. But Danilo's been really good. Kyrie Irving, 1.8. Julius Randle, 1.8. Pascal Siakam, 1.8. Joel Embiid, 1.8. Underrated Joe Harris in Brooklyn, 1.7. Why are they winning? That starts to tell the story. Blake Griffin, 1.7. Giannis Valanciunas, 1.7. Malcolm Brogdon, 1.6. DeAndre Ayton, the number one rookie at 1.6. Rashawn Holmes, 1.6. Dwight Howard, limited games. Uh, Buddy Heald. 1.5, 1.5, vastly underrated. So is Davis Bertans, Carl Anthony Towns, and Indiana's Poyam Puniadovich are the net are the top. Let's go to the were, the offensive players having the m- biggest negative impact on their team. Russell Westbrook is last in the league at minus 3.6. Andrew Wiggins minus 2.4. Russell is a point 1.2 points more negative impact than Andrew Wiggins. Kevin Knox minus 2.1. Colin Saxton minus 2.0. 2.0. Hollis Jefferson minus 2.0. Frank Nilikina in New York minus 2.0. Dennis Schroeder minus 1.8. Trey Young minus 1.8. Not surprised to see the rookies. Avery Bradley, Jonathan Simmons, Josh Jackson in Phoenix. Ish Smith, Trey Burke, Dr- Andre Drummond. How about Andre Drummond? In a day of rim rollers all being at the top, Andre Drummond is a minus 1.5. That is brutal. Chris Dunn still struggling, minus 1.4. Let's take a look at your Utah Jazz. Some of this will surprise you, I think, because the season's long. Rudy's 2.4, as mentioned. Derek Favors, 1.0. Kyle Korver, 0. 0.8. So Kyle Korver 0.8 under a minus Alec Perks. that's a big jump, that change. Neto 0.5, Udo 0.4, Cephalosha 0.3, Royce O'Neal 0.2. Love this. All these guys are, like, average. I, I am a big believer you just get everybody to average. Joe Ingles is minus 0.2, Dante's minus 0.3, Jay Crowder's minus 0.5. Be nice to have those guys at average. Ricky Rubio's minus 1, Donovan Mitchell is a minus 1.4. Who are the hottest players in the league? Steph Curry, 5.2. Kawhi Leonard, 4.2. James Harden, 4.2. Clay Thompson making that all-star push at 3.9. John Collins, Blake Griffin, Marcus Morris in Boston. Probably should be considering Marcus Morris as an all-star, frankly. Uh, Thomas Bryant holds in there. Stephen Adams, Kevin Durant, Marco Bellinelli's on fire in San Antonio. Anthony Davis in New Orleans are the top. Ricky Rubio. In his last four games, is on fire. Actually, up high on this list um, of players, who are the coldest players in the NBA with the most negative impact on their team right now? Demar Derozan minus four point five, not going the line, hasn't shot a three, and shooting forty one percent over the last nine. Andrew Wiggins minus three point nine, last ten games shooting thirty nine percent, thirty one percent from three. Amon Shumpert in Sacramento, Russell Westbrook, Jay Crowder, fifth most negative in the last 10 games, shooting 31% and 24% from three. Frank Nilikina, Dirk Nowitzki, Dennis Smith, but he's only played four games. Reggie Jackson in Detroit. Interesting, Victor Oladipo is on this list. Wonder if his leg was bothering him. Uh, Rodney Magruder, Justin Holiday. And Luka Doncic, minus 2.3. So he has faded recently. Harrison Barnes, minus 2.3. He's an interesting player. Rodney's in this list, minus 2.2 now. Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lonzo Ball, Marcus Soule, struggling at minus 2.0. Recent trends on your Utah Jazz on a points gained Friday? Ricky Rubio's your best through the four games he's played at 2.7. Donovan is a positive 1.4 over the last 10 games. This might be the first time he's been positive in his career. Royce is a 1.4. Rudy's just 1.2. Kyle's 1.1. Cephalosia, 0.5. Derek is a minus 0.5 recently. Interesting. Didn't notice that. Last 10 games, Derek's only shot 47%. Is that right? That feels wrong. Well, everything else looks right. Uh, Joe Ingalls a minus 1.0 and Jay Crowder 3.5. Interesting. All right, that is your points gained Friday. Timberwolves Friday, Timberwolves Sunday. We'll have all the coverage for you at lockedonjazz.net. Make sure you go grab Locked On NBA. Sam Amick joined. The guys today should be a good show. Have a good one. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe,
0: Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov.
1: And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life.
0: On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now